This is this is insane. <laughs> okay. How many lashes does it get? We're in the uh, hall of the bowling deformed former presidents. Oh, that's right. We're in the uh, we're in the flesh golem layer. Yeah. So you went through this like uh, circular room that was apparently rot- rot- rotating. Mm-hmm. It had some traps in it, and you got a through it. Queasy. And- a little bit queasy. And you then came into a hallway filled with statues. So the door opens to reveal a hallway about 80 feet long and 20 feet wide. The floor is unmarked, smooth stone, and the hallway is flanked by seven pairs of stone statues. Some depict evil warlords smiting unseen from... Yeah, da, da, da. None of these statues appear to do anything you found one set that had um a cantrip going on i believe mm-hmm. yep and um one had a inscription that said maliva demon stalker but other than that there was like really nothing and then at the end there were two large doors and you spent far too long on those doors and you open them up into this um east west corridor again just smooth flagstones and brickwork all very very constructed not hewn out of natural rock at all and then you went eastwards and you came across a rather uh, frightening looking door Solid stone doors decorated with an engraved image of a demonic female face. Her eyes, nostrils, and mouth have tunnels leading into the stone, though their curved nature prevents you from seeing through to the other side. And then you uh, open the door, because you ain't no babies. Nope. And you open the door, and there was... What was in there? Oh, there was this. It was a 30 foot by 30 foot throne room. Yeah, like I said, the hall of the deformed former presidents who bowl. Yeah, Devo, Devo concert. So here we go. And so you open this door, and you, looking into the room, you saw a raised obsidian dais with two steps wraps around the far end of this thirty foot by thirty foot room. In the center of the dais is a throne exquisitely wrought with massive twisted bones, highlighted with gold inlay. At the foot of the macabre throne is a simple stand, also composed of bones. On the stand rests an opalescent white globe, perhaps one foot in diameter. On each side of the steps, two ten-foot-tall, bulky humanoid figures stand at attention. Each appears to be stitched flesh from mismatched body parts in various stages of decay. Each figure cradles an inky black globe between its hands, on the back wall is a tapestry depicting an eye. Then I discouraged you from going into the room because I had not prepped for it at all. So is it just me or do those Gollum guys look like a deformed Reagan, a Lyndon Johnson and a George W. Bush and maybe a is Kennedy a kind Ford? of split off there? No, there's a Gerald Ford in there. I, I bet that guy could see Gerald Ford, Ford too. Bush or Ford. Is there a Cheney in there? No, I don't know. I think okay. you might be right. I think LBJ, but you think they're you think they're making some kind of political oh, statement? I don't know. LBJ. Oh my God! It was Earth all along. <laughs> no, this is what happens in the Illuminati. It's the all-seeing eye. Ooh. 
Damn it. They're listening. We're making our own module column. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, so, I mean, we're not like just here to like loot this place, right? As adventures. Cause like in an ordinary scope of things, I'd say, Ooh, shiny crystal thing. We should steal it. Well, we've also ran into enough uh, traps. <laughs> yeah. And we're looking, at least according to the ravings of that one weird guy who was, I think, some kind of werewolf or something. We need yeah. shards to get through a yes, final you're door. Looking, you're looking for pieces of a uh, sword, aren't you? Yep. This was, uh, you're looking for pieces of a sword called True Death. I don't see any. I mean, I don't see unless it like reveals something somehow. I thought that's what they used to kill her the first time. Yeah, yeah, that sword. True death. The the sword that didn't kill her the first time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the sword of near fatal wounding of the lich. So yeah, and then but when last we we played, you guys just closed this door and started walking down the corridor in the other direction. But that was mostly because I didn't let you. Uh, do anything in this room so you're free to do whatever you want of course if you got any more questions ask away nothing is leaping out of me as shardy in here so i'd be i would be up for checking out a different room do we want to just cast magic uh detect magic though oh i'm sure there's tons of magic okay yeah we can crack the door open and i will have mother varen if that's okay with you that's fine by me so it's going to be d20 plus my caster level, which is seven, plus my personality, plus three, so d20 plus 10 for detect magic. Tw oh, 20 total after that, plus 10. So it's a 50%. That's better than like the 15% the you were getting before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. I was rolling mostly badly last time. Yeah. But here yeah. comes my grimoire. Uh, 20. The cleric can determine exactly which objects or creatures are magically enchanted within range, which is going to be pretty much. Oh, yeah, the uh, 30, yeah, the room. Yeah. Uh, can distinguish between magical creatures and non-mortal creatures. Can tell if different weapons or items of a creature enchanted. Whether a creature that registers magic overall does so because of its cloak, for example, or something inherent in its blood. Plus a rough gauge of the magic strength, like the level of the spell, and so on. The opalescent white globe mm -hmm. on the small stand radiates a faint sense of magic. You can also get a vague sense of magic from the room in general. Mm -hmm. That would be two separate things, two separate magic sources that you can detect, but they're very faint. One is just a kind of a general one in the room, and another one is more specific, specifically related to the uh, opalescent white globe. And the, the four dudes, the golems or whatever, are not raiding magic? It's difficult to tell. Okay. And the black orbs? They're just black orbs. Yeah, the black orbs don't seem to be uh, radiating anything. Considering there's been way too many magics and way too many traps here, maybe we should check somewhere else. I agree. There's nothing of obvious. I, I think we either need to be finding shards or the path to the Lich King. And of course, maybe there's a secret door out of here. But yes, let's consider another path. Mother Varen agrees. Jinx chimes in. That sounds like a good idea. My trick knee tells me. Yeah, so shall we proceed down to the other end of that corridor and the door to the west? Like the opposite the door we just came through? That sounds great. Okay. We walk on down the hall. Walk on down the hall. So you walk on down the hall and you come to a, another heavy door. 
Are you just going to go ahead and open it? Hell yeah. Oh, wait. Should should we do chat? This seems like a sort of place where uh, trap checking should just be sort of standard operating procedure. Uh, so yeah. the door... The door the door's not trapped. Well, you're you say that. You're going to you're gonna have to do enough checks for traps. Okay. So I'm going to tell you this door. This door is not trapped. It's just another heavy ass door. I think he's bluffing, man. Okay. So you're just going to open the door? Uh, sure. Yes. Thrusting aside the heavy door, you find yourself on the threshold of a well-stocked library. Dim illumination flickers from torch sconces set on four stone pillars in the middle of the room. Wooden-lined shelf-like niches are built into all of the stone walls, running from floor to ceiling. They are packed with ancient books, grimoires, librams and scrolls. A solid stone table flanked by several chairs rests in the middle of the room amidst four wide stone pillars that support the cobweb-adorned ceiling at least 30 feet above. A robe-enshrouded librarian slowly shuffles around the room with a stack of books cradled to his chest. His features are obscured by a hood, but he is bent and clearly lame. The air here is extremely dry, with melancholy velicor and heavy with dust. Nice. Oh, and you get another handout. This It's just handouts a go-go in this. Brother Varen looks closely at the librarian. Does it seem, do they seem human or alive? Or is it some weird zombie undead thing? You manage to get a good look at him. And beneath his robes, he you see what appears to be an aged, an aged human male. And his face is covered with scab-like wounds. Would uh, Jinx the wizard know this as any type of corruption or like as in the librarian was casting something or is like a magic user and then just got fucked up? Give me an intelligence roll. Ah, roll to seven plus a four. So 11. You get the sense that what has happened to him is not the result of something natural. It possibly a curse, but ticks? You can't, you're not for sure. Is okay. it ticks? It's not ticks. It's not dear ticks. No. Mother Varen will talk to him. And presumably, I mean, this should be a librarian of the order of the thing that this is the order of. Are you entering the room? Yeah, Mother Varen will step in. Can I ask you before you enter the room, what are you yes. using as a light source? That's Ooh. a fine question. I don't know if we have. I was assuming that this was lit at this point. Yeah, a lot of the stuff you mentioned sconces and torches or whatever, or lanterns. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we've been doing torches at all because there's been a light source everywhere. Uh, at least that I've been under that impression. I recall Jenny lighting the torch in game one, but... Oh, oh yes, that's right. Okay. We shall forego it because a lot of the text has mentioned light sources. Okay, continue. So Mother Varen steps cautiously into the room and says, uh, Hello, brother. Can we avail the services of your library? He just doesn't appear to hear you. He just kind of shuffles past you. Oi, fuck out. No, she doesn't yell that. Uh, Jinx is going to walk in and uh, see if... Are there any uh, books, bookcases nearby to just kind of start looking at the, some of the books? Oh, the the entire place is just floor-to-ceiling books. There's There are books absolutely everywhere. Okay, so yeah, then Jinx is just going to go in and uh, I guess to the the south corner uh, or just start working 
that way um, and just picking up a book or looking at the spines. Trying Mother to see Varen is going to watch the librarian closely as Jinx looks at a book, t- takes a book off the shelf. Give me an uh, intelligence check. Come on. Mm-hmm. I rolled a one. Oh, that's no good. So it's a total of five. You pick up a book. You notice as you pick up the book that it's just extremely, extremely dry and brittle. The air is here, that the parchment and vellum, while they're well preserved, are just extremely brittle. So I need you to give me a reflex save right now. Oh, okay. So I rolled a 19 reflex reflex save of 8. Okay, so that's going to be a 27. Oh, excellent. Okay, you just needed to be a reflex save of 12, a difficulty of 12. So... You clearly have a great deal of respect for these books, so you don't rough handle them. And the librarian does look at you anxiously as you take down the book because he's afraid it's just going to crumble in your hands. But you handle it so gently that there's no problem whatsoever. Okay. I speak nine languages. I'd just like to see if I can read anything on the spine, front or back. Unfortunately. Fortunately, the writing on this book is completely un- unknown to you. Wow, unknown to me. Yeah, right. I mean, you're you're welcome to make another intelligence check and to look for some other books, as are, as are you, Rob. Okay, so yeah, can we assume that we're handling the books with just the most extremist of caution? Yes, you can. Are you also handling books? I don't know. My intelligence isn't that great on either of my people, so I don't know if they'd get a lot out of it. They're not really book-learning types. So, Colin, would you say that this room is dimly lit? It's quite dimly lit, but I mean, you it's not so dim that you you can't see into the corners. and. It's more for Meliun trying to hide easier? Um, yeah, you could possibly hide in here. Um, I, I guess just kind of pace behind a pillar just to try and keep himself away from the librarian. Okay. So that we know he's there, but the librarian might be caught away- unawares. Okay. Yeah, if any characters want to um, search and examine the books, you're just you're free to just roll and make an intelligence roll for, for any of them. All right, Mother Varen is going to go into the middle of the room and go for a detect evil. There's just so much evil here. So if I blow it, though, I could lose the spell, right? For a total of 19. So I get... To a range of 120 in all directions from the cleric. Creatures of opposed alignment are audibly detected as well as objects inherently dangerous in nature. Traps and cursed weapons. Evil creatures don't receive a will save from being undetected. Do I get anything beyond the just like residual evil of the whole dungeon? No. There's no original edition of the Necronomicon. No. There's uh, like a vague sense of, of evil from many of these books, obviously. But nothing stands out. Okay, Jinx is just going to cast a detect magic. He's going to go behind a pillar and just cry, okay. try and detect, cast detect magic along one wall to see if he can find like any of the books being magic and see if he can just kind of like pick up. Nah, he's going to cast it by the librarian too. No, no. Sorry. I'm going to cast it outside the librarian just in case he doesn't like people casting. Seven and four. D20 plus 7 is 14, and 4 is a total of 18. So that's uh, which objects or creatures are magically enhanced within range, which is 30 feet. So just different objects and uh, items, if they're magical. 
No, you're not getting any sense. You're getting a vague sense of something magical from the librarian as though he is under some form of spell or has suffered the result of some form of spell. But then you also get a sense of something magical above him and looking up towards the cobwebbed ceiling about 30 feet above you, you notice the um, cobwebs are shimmering as though there is a breeze stirring them. And then you hear a clicking and a clacking. Nice. And suddenly the cobwebs part and an enormous creature comes crashing through them and lands on the floor amongst you all. Yay. I've got a handout. Wow. So would that have landed dead center on the table? Sure. Let's have it land on the table. Okay. Probably friendly, though, I'm thinking. It resembles a fleshy amalgam torn from the mind of some mad wizard. There's a massive body covered in thick, chitinous plates with long, clawed arms and four hairy, spider-like legs. Two where they should be, and two more fused to its back. I am going to see if this is going to have... Nope, it does not have the element of surprise. You are not surprised. But you are going to roll for initiative. 12 for Mother Varen. Agridge, the dwarf initiative is plus zero. How how my losers both plus zero? We don't have decks. Oh, yeah, their agility sucks. Okay. Frey, magical two. He was actually kind of falling asleep, like he's really bored by the library. Agridge was. Oh, Mel Yoon with a 19. Rolled a natural 20 for Sir Jaro. For Sir Jaro, who has got a plus 11. So we've got a 31 for Sir Jaro. Oh, he's going first then. Okay. The librarian, seeing all this going on, just scurries away behind one of the pillars. He's not attacking anybody. Yet. Yet. Sir Jaro is up first. Okay, um, where would he have been? He probably would have been closer to between the first two pillars. So I guess he's just going to go right up to the fucking thing. Because I'm assuming this thing looks menacing and is ready to thwomp. Oh, absolutely. It's an enormous creature. By the strength of insert name of God, here I smite thee. <laughs> and uh, he's just going to go in guns a blazing. So Warhammer of shit that's not gonna hit that's gonna be uh 12 no the warhammer clangs uselessly off the uh carapace shell of this creature okay then the second shot wow i should not be rolling this way a 15 nope wow yeah it's well at least you can eat up some damage for us well yeah well of course that one rolls a 10 all right all right, yeah, uh, so I guess at that point, uh, Sir Jaro is just going to kind of try and tank and just look big, mean, and scary. All right, uh, let me see. Melune is up next. Okay, so I think Melune was trying to be on the top. Would it be possible to sneak attack? Not from here. Okay, um, so would I be able to move and then sneak? Uh, how about, uh, yeah, I move up and try and sneak attack 
This I just want to try and sneak attack this thing. Sure. I'll use my move. I'll use my attacks. Sure, go for it. Wow, this was not the wait. No, that's not gonna hit. Nah, fifteen is not gonna hit. Nope. And then I guess the next one would be. Shoot! <laughs> Fuck no, no. I am. I'm Rob. I got your roll tonight. All so right. No, I am not hitting, and uh, Meliune is now right behind it. Okay. The creature lashes out with one of its claws towards Jaro. Sure. For a 17. 17. Armor class 26. Okay. Yeah, so it, it just snaps uselessly with one claw. Then it lashes out with its second claw at Amelion. Okay. Let's see how this goes. Ooh, for 27. Yeah, 17. Oh, <laughs> that would hit either one, so yep. Okay. It grabs Meliune in its claws and it starts to crush for oh for god's sake oh this is gonna hurt let's do it for 30 for 30 damage fuck i'm still up mother varin is up so she should probably try to heal you in case you can't break free before we can kill this thing does that make sense sure so i think i have to lay on hands touch can can i actually get to him to Lay on hands, or is he like waving around in the air like he just don't care? I'm gonna say you can reach him, but I'm gonna make you step down on a die. Okay, 28. Just to reflect the uh, chaos of the situation. Sure, that seems reasonable. It's not reasonable, <laughs> it's mean. But yeah. D- so it's gonna be D16 plus yep. 10. All right. Yeah, this guy needs to be healed. I'm due for a good roll. Hey! That was not it, but a 17. Okay, so you get... Oh, what alignment is Melune? Uh One step off. I'm lawful. Oh, I'm lawful too. Oh, good. So we're same. So that's you get three of your hit dice. So roll your whatever your hit die is t- uh, three times. D6. Okay, so... Okay, I got 12 back, so that's something. Thank you. Sure. And then, okay, so she lays one hand on, and then uh, with my second attack, which is a D16, she'll swing the old mace, just to see his fist. So it's going to be D16 plus six, it says. Okay, attack for a 13 will be a missed. Mace just bounces off the hard shell. Agreed is up. Okay, yeah, so he just comes in. I feel like he's like he hasn't really done a lot yet. So he comes in with his hand axe, bright wind, plus 1d10, plus 5 to hit. Okay, so 16, 21. 21 hits. Okay. With his plus 2 hand axe, who gives him comprehend languages once a day, for a whopping 15 points of damage. It lands with a, a satisfying crunch, just in a gap between plates on the creature, and it lets out a scream. Hey, with my second action, can I, like, having, like, driven it back and put it where I want it with that hit, can I try to yank Melune free or, like, pry its claws off of Melune? Like a strength check of some sort? Why not? Yeah. Okay. So the holding the axe gives me plus four strength, which, strangely, that gets me up to an... Oh, my stamina is awesome, I see. So it gets me 18, so a plus three modifier. So I, I'm trying to do his straight uh, Melune yep. strength check for him, I guess. So D20, not a sure thing. No. Nope, 10. No, it, hey, might, it hey. just shrugs you off. Oh. Jaro's up. Uh, Jinx didn't get to go? 
Oh, where's Jinx? Oh, Jinx. Oh, yeah, where where's Jinx, Jinx in the batting order? He was he was in twelve. He was number twelve. Oh, he's oh, 12 as well. sorry. Yeah, I jumped I ahead of you. Okay, early. sorry. I didn't even see Jinx. Jinx was powering up such an amazing spell that it took an extra few initiatives. Yeah, yeah. Jinx was twelve. Uh, yeah, it came in at the same time as Sir Jaro's. Jinx is twelve, and Sir Jaro was thirty-one. Sorry, I got some good bourbon down south, so we'll blame it on that. <laughs> um. So I guess. Control fire is what he's going to try and do. Just was looking up the possibility of spell burn. In this dry library full of books? Yeah. All right. Uh, wait, no. Um, how does his wand of magic missile? He's going to use his wand of magic missile. I get two a day. Well, control fire would be a magical fire, though, correct? Yeah, it'd really burn the crap out of the books. <laughs> but it's controlled. One can assume that yeah. the torches that are illuminating this place are, are using a magical fire and they're not causing anything to burn. All right. Well, it, it all depends on how you're conjuring it. Because I was planning on using a level two spell, so it's a higher level. And I was hoping to cast Spears of Fire, so uh, damaging magic. So I'm assuming that would catch things on fire. Well, if they missed him, they would probably set things on fire. But I mean, the Wanda Magic Missiles is 40, 12 plus 7. Nice, yeah. I just saw that one now. I got two a day. I don't have any stats on it or anything like that. Somehow, uh, I just got the two a day. So would that be a ranged spell attack? Yes. Okay. So I rolled a 16 plus my caster level 7 plus 4 is 11. So that 27 hits. to hit. Oh, great. High and low on either end. So that's going to be 26 and 7. Uh, is 31. Uh, so, no, no, give him more. 33. Okay, yeah, you pummel that creature with those magic missiles. You do some serious damage to this thing. I got another attack, and I'm just I'm just going to do the same thing. I'm going to try and take it down as best I can. Nope. It's going to be a 3. Uh, I'm not going to be able to get, I'm assuming, above a 16. Nope. So, yeah. Nope. I assume that didn't finish. No, it, it did not. Oh, no. Sir Jaro's up. Sir Jaro is pissed. And yeah, he's just going to go in. He's going to try and hit it. 17 plus 4, 21. 3 and 8 and 3. So 14 damage on the first attack. Uh, that's, that's magical damage from a holy war hammer. Oh, second attack. It's going to be a 14, he's so that's going to miss. And then he's just going to scream at it. By the name of insert God, he is All right, now it says here, while grappled, victims suffer damage at the start of each round. So shall I go ahead and do some crush damage, or shall I let Mel Yoon take his turn first? 23 hit points. You be the judge. See what, see what I did? See, see what I um, did there? You know what? I'm going to let Melian go for it. I mean, free. all you can really do is try and break free. Although I'm, guess, I'm guessing, gonna your, be a I'm guessing your hands are free. But yeah, but go for it. So I get a chance to break free. Rent check. Yeah, which I, I have no modifier to, so it's straight. Okay, so straight roll. Yeah, I don't even think there's a way I can augment anything. Can another character like aid, like sacrifice their action to try to help? Oh, never mind. Look at that 20. 20. I close my eyes, I roll, and it's a 20. Describe your escape from the claws of this creature. 
So I, I guess in in feeling the the pain and like the initial attack, he he would have just kind of like winced and tried to get as small as possible, trying to put all of his body in the the smallest space in the grasp of this beast. And then feeling the healing was kind of able to make sure that his skin didn't like adhere to the spikes. And then twisting his legs on the bottom and kind of contorting his body in the right way. He's going to spin and slip down through the grasp of the beast and slide down as far as he can away from it. Saying it was on the table, he would try and get down like onto the ground to get away. You're on the ground beneath that creature. And seeing as you rolled a natural 20, and although natural 20s don't really count for these kind of checks, I'm going to... I think I think Malune deserves something for the twenty. Could I get under the table? You can continue with uh, another action if you want. Oh, uh, uh, would I have any movement? Yeah, I'll give you. You can either take. You can either do some movement or you can take an action. Your call. Do I have to worry about leaving the perimeter or uh, leaving the the striking distance of a creature? Like it'll attack me if I go outside of its threat range? No. Okay. It's it's got enough going on with the other five yeah. people here, four people. Okay, he's just going to try and book it behind one of the pillars. Okay. So that he's able to, you know, next round, run in, maybe do some damage, and then see what the hell's going on. Give me a dex roll. Okay. Rolled an 11, agility plus two, 13. Uh, yeah, he makes it. He makes it. He manages to scramble his way across the floor and get in behind a pillar. Well, this okay. this thing just starts thrashing around on top of the table, looking for where Melune went, and fixes its attention on Mother Varen. No, actually on Jarrow, because Jarrow gave Jarrow gave it a whipping. So, yeah. it, it is going to turn its attention back to Jarrow, and again, it lashes out with its first claw for twenty six for eighteen. That will miss. Snaps and misses. Ha. It hears Mother Varen laughs scathingly at Ha-ha. I deride you and your clawing abilities. And lashes out again with its claw at Mother Varen for 29. Oh. Snatches, snatches Mother Varen into the air and crushes with its pincer for, for 28 crushing damage. Oh, she was already kind of wounded. Okay. Either Varen or Jinx is up. Take your pick. Why don't you go Jinx, since I just got snatched up there. So that being said, I guess Jinx is just going to cast the magic missile. So yeah, rolled a 17 plus 11, so that's going to be 28. I will hit. 15 and 12 is 27. And then, same, patron bond. He's got all kinds of fire, which I'm very against trying to cast in this place. (laughs) Yeah, then I guess with his next attack, he's just going to try and... uh... No, I guess he's just going to be paralyzed. He's going to be paralyzed. He knows he casts fire. We're trying to find stuff, and there's this thing going on, but he knows that if he unleashes his power, he's going to start burning everything that might even be helpful. So uh, he's just going to kind of shrink away behind a pillar. Okay. Mother of Iron. She will try to break free, uh, of course. So strength two, so d20 plus two. Oh, very good. 19. Yeah. Okay, now she's pissed. She'll use her d16 to try to womp with mace. 
as she plops to the floor and she's bringing up the frost burn here for plus three damage should i connect for 21 yes okay so d not huge though d6 plus nine with the frost burn well we've been trying to damage this thing for 11 all right a nice respectable fight. This is this creature is definitely hurting. It's gonna lash out at uh, Mother Varen. Seems to be the obvious one. What? No, Agridge is charging in. Axe ablaze. So, um, oh, Agridge is fine. We could do. That. Yeah, Agridge is like charging in at like about this to attack. Leaps from the table towards Agridge. Then nice and lashes out with its claw. It actually lashes out with both claws, one towards Agridge ha. and one towards Mother Varen. Oof, it grabs Agridge mm-hmm. in its claws for 20 damage immediately. Okay. And it also has lashed out at Mother Varen for 20. 20 is a miss. She need, they need a 23. Lucky you. Okay, yeah, lucky, lucky Mother Varen. Um, but it is now Agridge's turn, I believe. All right, he'll use his first move to try to break free. Rather be slashing. Thing with the D thing. twenty plus three. Ugh, six. Yeah. I'm gonna allow that his hands are free. Like this thing doesn't look like it's on the verge of death though, right? It's really, really hurting. Alright, he's got some room to eat up. He's using his second attack to just like slash at this thing. The only way out is to carve his way through. We've done a hundred over a hundred hit points of damage to this thing. Yes, you so have. We've we've chunked it pretty good. D twenty plus D ten plus five. All right, all that, and I get a 15. No, the thing is just too strong for you. Jaro is up. Jaro coming in. Oh, first swing's a no. Okay, okay. All right, come on, baby. Second attack, natural 20 with yes. uh, six. Yeah, Ooh. so that's a 30 to hit. So I'm with, no, he's going to um sweep it. So he's going to use the uh, trip attack. For this one, just to knock it prone. Okay. So let's see. I'm just going to roll damage. And then let's see the crit table. So this thing is like on its back, belly up. It's still got a greege in one claw, but its entire belly is exposed. You can have a step up on your damage die there. So that would be, I got a D8. So that would be a D10 for damage. Yes. Okay. Do you still get the crit chart, though? Yeah, yeah. No, this is... Uh, so this is just straight damage without the crit chart is going to be 15. All right. And then... Crit table 5 I have open in front of me, so you just need your crit die. So crit die would be D30. Nice. 24. 24. That's going to be good. Strike severs weapon arm. Inflict plus 2d12 damage with this strike, and the foe is disarmed, literally and figuratively. So this would go in, This would be at the arm that Agrid is on. Woo! Um, so that's that's an additional eight hit points. Sorry, it was uh fifteen. Uh, fifteen and eight is twenty-three. Okay, the arm goes flying off. The claw with Agrid. Yeah, the, <laughs> the claw. Unfortunately, the claw gets tighter somehow. The <laughs> dying reflex. As it crashes to the floor, the claw shatters, hurling Agridge to the floor, and he he rolls to safety. And the creature lets out a deafeningly shrill scream, and at this point, just twitching and seems barely alive. And Mel Meliun is up, I believe. Uh Meliun is hoping that this is sneak attack area. Oh yeah. 
I mean, this thing is still prone and it is basically facing Mother Varen and Agridge. That's all it can see in its field of vision. Okay, so that's going to be uh, 29 to hit. Yep, that hits. So then I roll on my crit table because that's how sneak attacks work. Uh, so let's see. For the two th- for thieves? Yep, and a crit die of D30. So that's a nine. Let me get my damage. Bo stumbles over his own limbs, falling prone. Ooh, make another attack. Oh, great. So minimum damage, so four damage. And then uh, I'd be able to make another attack. That's what the crit table says, yeah. So that was uh, 20 plus 8, so 28. Oh, yeah. And then that's going to be... And that's going to be max damage for 11. You deliver a killing blow, and its head separates from its body and rolls through the doorway out into the corridor below. And as it does that, the body just thrashes wildly. The claw lashes out, firstly at Jarrow. (laughs) AC 26. I'm not making this shit up. It lashes out. It lashes out at Jarrow. Save that claw. Those are good eating. D18, does that hit Jarrow? 18 does not. AC of 26. It lashes out at Melyun. 17. For 19. So that grabs Melyun. Whoa, for God's sake, this is crazy. I got 23 hit points. Yeah, well. Yeah, I know. You got a good chance here. Oh, Jesus. Ah, He goes down. Yeah. It just snaps, just cleaves Melyun in twain. Oh, no. Well, good thing you don't need a thief. Melyun's lifeless corpse falls to the floor. In fact, he's he's still... It's so sudden, he's still talking. It continues just lashing out around the room and lashes out towards Varen. This is Jeez. this is insane. <laughs> okay, How many lashes does it get? I'm just doing it. When slain, the body of the Nightmare Golem continues to be animated until its next round. At which point it enters its death throes and makes one attack against each target within melee oh, range Jesus. before finally falling still. Holy Yeah. Shit. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Hadn't Melian rolled away? No, oh, I no. came back. Melian just backstabbed. That's right. I think Damn everybody yep, has yep. come back. I think is Jinx, yeah, right. Jinx out of the way? Yes. The Jinx, Jinx was cowering. Jinx is out of the way. So Varen, though. Oh, that's got a miss. Here. That's a oh. miss. Thank you. And finally, poor Greege, who just got out of the way. Oh, that's a oh, thank you. Yeah, and then it finally just shudders and lies lifeless. So there's no, like, Mel Yoon is too far gone for a last-minute staunching and healing, right? Uh, Mel Yoon is, like, very dead. Her dies reaches zero. If there's a chance to see a dead character by healing him very quickly, but it sounds like he went too far past zero. Yeah, I think he was like at least 10 below zero. It was nine below zero, if that matters. I'll allow it if you can pull it off. Uh, you would have, it's like one, it's got to be one. I don't know. I don't know what spells you got. Yeah, if there's a chance the dead ally can be recovered, there's a chance he may not be truly killed. He may have been knocked unconscious or simply stunned. If a character reaches a dead ally's body within an hour, the dead character may make a luck check when his body is rolled over. Successful check. He's badly injured, but not permanently killed. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Here's this is better though. Uh, I'm going to try to ask Justicia to intercede there you go. at the last moment as he. Ca- uh, and I don't remember. I don't have no idea how to do this. 
if only we had done this before. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I've never gotten a DCC character that could actually even cast magic. <laughs> divine aid is a devout worshiper. A cleric is entitled to beseech his deity for divine aid. Uh, must be recognized that requesting the direct intervention is an extraordinary act. Request divine aid. The cleric makes a spell check. The same modifier would usually apply. This extraordinary act imparts a cumulative plus 10 penalty to future disapproval range. Wow. Okay. Based on the result of the spell check, the judge will decide extraordinary requests are DC 18 or higher, it says. So oh, it's going to be DC 18. I'm going to make it the minimum it can be. Okay. Well, I mean, the minimum can be DC 10. It, but that's like the example there is light a candle. I <laughs> <laughs> would be DC 10. This is to restore the candle, the flame of life. Okay. So D20 plus 10 for 22. Oh. And I'm envisioning this as like, he's not like magically healed, but he's like at the edge of death at like, I don't know, D6 hit points or something like that. And like he was broken in half, like you said, but the hand of justicia, hand of justicia reaches down to mend him back together. And you are lawful, you said, right? Correct. Yes. Yes. Cool. We're the same. Like your job isn't done yet. Let's make it a D8 for hit points. Ooh. You can roll your own hit points. Yeah. Two. One, two. two. Woohoo. Oh, you can you can do a laying on of hands, can't you? Oh yeah. So but now 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 my auto fail range is now at twelve. <laughs> so yeah. I think at some point we're gonna need to rest in camp if that's a possibility and try to reset some things. Uh Melion's taking uh uh his uh uh, potion. Oh, good. So okay. I, uh, that's gonna be three d three hit dice. Oh, I guess that's nine. So I guess I have something. And then yeah, it's like <gasps> shit. What was that? So Agridge has a greater healing for five dice, and he's not in bad shape. Uh, Mother Varen's at twenty four. You're still down at eleven. Not eleven. So yeah. yeah. Do you want Varen uh, Agridge's uh, greater healing yeah. for five hit dice. No, really. I mean, you're like basically one hit by anything we're gonna find here from death. Well, I understand that. And we're all amigos here. Sir Jaro is going to hand a potion to uh, Meliun, which is uh, an extra healing potion for three hit dice. Okay, good. And that's twelve. So that's something. So I'm at twenty six. Oh, okay. Um, about about half. So I got something. Right. Well, we had our first. We had our first fatality. And thank goodness for the cleric. And you know, quickly reversed. Yeah, and the cleric. Uh, the cleric saved the thief because you're not going to get anywhere without a thief. You're still in this library. Does the librarian seem to be reacting in any way to the massive bloody melee? Are they alive? You see the librarian peer out from behind one of the columns, and he looks up to where the the nightmare golem fell from the ceiling and then looks at the lifeless corpse of it and shakes his head but you seem to detect like a, a faint smile on his lips he seems quite pleased that this thing is out of the way and then he gathers up some books and returns to shelving huh all right uh i don't know in this adventure like can we set up camp and like do some healing and sacrificing of goods to restore our, our gods uh 
faith in us? Well, I'll tell you what, you don't get a, a sense, any sense of malice from this uh, librarian. I mean, he clearly, he looks a mess, but he hasn't uh, been antagonistic towards you in any way. The corridor behind you, nothing pursued you from the other room after you closed the, the door there. And the corridor with the various statues, there didn't seem to be anything antagonistic there or in the circular room. So I think you could probably conceivably rest in, in any of those places. Probably anywhere except the room with the four uh, stitched former presidents. Yes. Yeah. I think resting will only gain us seven hit points. Yeah. I also, I don't God, I don't have a lot of goods to sacrifice. I need to bring down my fail range now because my <laughs> spellcasting is screwed. Ugh. Can can you do like rituals or anything like that or sacrifices? I thought you could do like a monetary burn. I can burn for every 50 gold pieces of sacrificed goods, but we don't have a lot of goods on our charts here. I don't have any treasure, so we're adventurers without any treasure. Correct. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no Great. gold. I mean, we weren't coming down to shop, I guess. That Wait, I got boots of leaping? Boot leaping equal to movement? What the f***? What the, the wizard has 40 feet of movement. Oh. And, and a glow rod. Holy hell. God, I could sacrifice some armor class. <laughs> like I could no. sacrifice my plus two, plus two brooch. How much would that uh. be worth? Because <laughs> I just need 50 gold per point here. I'm trying to see if there's anything of value that I have. Magnifying glass, no. Plus one intelligence on search checks. Oh, that'd be good to know. <laughs> yeah. So we just need anything of value. Uh, do yeah. you want arrows? Do you want arrows? Um, I mean, uh, we'll just start. I mean, I'll I'll give you bolts and arrows if you want them. Now let's. Well, let, I'll I'll figure out something to do uh, with that. So, all right. Now that evil monster is like, do we want to like? do a good search through here to see if there's a book of use to us in this place sure if you if you want to search basically any character that is searching uh just make an intelligence check for them. okay and we're going to try to find anything in languages we can read that has something to do with the place we are and the lich i i know nine languages so or at least jinx does it's mother varen gets a 12 <laughs> dwarf gets a two so that's not gonna help a lot. Um, so Meliun got a 12, but Jinx got a 23. Jinx, what about Jaro? Hold on, Jaro intelligence, it's only a plus one. Rolled an 11, that's a 12. Okay, well, that's everybody who's rolled, and it doesn't matter because Jinx has uh managed to discover quite a lot here. So you got a 23. So while searching through one of the volumes, Jinx finds a sheet of parchment folded inside it. And taking it out, he finds this thing called the Rhyme of the Shards. Rhyme of the Shards? Jinx also finds four scrolls. You find a Ooh, scroll of nice. Speak with the Dead. Speak with Dead. A scroll of Mirror Image. Rhyme of Shards. A scroll okay. of mind purge and a scroll of shrink so you find this rhyme of the shards and these four uh -huh. scrolls the rhyme of the shards says the shards of true death are key scattered about on levels three 
encased in a prison without a door, but only the first, there are five more. I hold the next shard of true death, but beware of my fiery breath. This shard is as safe as can be, hidden behind the reverse of a party. Stuck fast is the shard, removing it is torturously hard. Beyond the constant crimson drips, cloaked in darkness, this shard sits. Let all hope fade, guarded by gold, solve this riddle of swords, the last shard behold. Yeah, I think we're screwed. There's no way we're going to get all that. Oh, jeez. You also encounter two other books. One, its binding and covers look like they're made of scab-covered human skin. Yeah. And the other one, the spine of it has the title Scriptum Malice. And then the other one is completely black and featureless. It barely even registers as a book. It's impossible to even distinguish the outline of the hinges. So vague is its appearance. Focusing on the last book, I mean, I'm uh, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, um, so does it look like there is the, the cover, there are pages, or is it just like a, a book-shaped dark black something that just kind of vaguely looks like a book, but when I look at it the right way, it looks kind of like a something else? Yeah, Jinx, uh, as as Jinx stares at the book, they feel as if they're staring into an infinite vacuum, much like staring into the sky on a clear night. Shit. <laughs> uh, Lynx needs to make a um, yeah, yeah. Jinx. Do it. A will save? Give me a will save. Okay. Ooh, could this be a prison without a door? A 14, one four. Oh my god. Jinx suffers permanent one point of intelligence loss. Okay. Then I need Jinx to make another will save. Because he's just lost, or they're just lost in this book. So um, That's going to be an 18. Oh, fine. You're lucky there. That would have cost you two points of personality. It's a really good book. Yeah. I guess that being said, Jinx is going to throw that book Oh, just throw it down in a way. When you do that, the librarian looks at you very disapprovingly and shuffles slowly over, picks up the book and reshelves it. Okay. So, dim illumination from torch sconces set on four stone pillars in the middle of the room. Wooden lined shelf-like niches are built into all of the stone walls, running from floor to ceiling. They're all packed with books, blah, 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 blah. A solid stone table flanked by several chairs rests in the middle of the room amidst the four wide stone pillars that support the cobweb-adorned ceiling. Is there anything up there in the cobweb zone? Like, was this thing concealing anything up there? No, it just looks like it was... You can see another 20 feet of space, but above that you can just make out the, a stone ceiling. Okay. And it looks pretty clear back there. It's about 50 feet high up there. Huh. I guess at this point, Meliun's just going to go over to the librarian and be like, what the hell was that? What is this? What are you doing? How could you just stand there while this thing eviscerates me? Me? Look at me. I am me. What, is, what are you doing? He's going to start trying to just berate him. He just stares at you blankly. Does this guy seem cursed? Would it be fair to say he's cursed? Give me an intelligence roll. No, oh, great. Now that you're down one. Oh, it's Mel. No, wrong character. Wrong character. Yeah, wrong character. Yeah. <laughs> so that's going to be uh fourteen one four. Mel Young gets the sense that this guy's dead, that he's somehow undead in in some way. Huh. 
it doesn't since he's not hostile. I don't know if it's worth like trying to turn on dead on this guy, I and mean, he's not doing anything to us. Hey, wait, did we just get to talk to Dead Scroll? Uh huh. Yes, you did. You want to fire it up, Jinxie? If that's what we want to do, yeah. Um, and I'll say after we try talking to this dead guy, if it's okay for a stopping point, I'll wrap up. All right. Uh, but I want to see if we can talk to semi-dead guy. Yeah, let's do it. I would assume I have, I would be able to cast it. I'm a level seven wizard. It would be plus 13 to cast it with a d20. Because I, I guess we would have to roll, uh, we, there'd still have to be a spell check. Yes. I'm assuming. But it's just like, as opposed to having it prepared, you just now have this spell one time. Make the appropriate spell check to determine the results. Yeah, so we would be going on the speak with dead chart if that is actually a spell in this game. Uh, I will just roll. Okay, so that's an 11 plus 13 is a 24. That is successful. It definitely, it has an effect on the librarian and then the librarian places the books that he's carrying down on the table and then he uh, begins to gesture with his hands and appears to be casting a spell upon himself. He casts Comprehend Languages. Ooh. Okay. Well, Jinx was just going to start saying hi in all of the nine languages that he, that he knows. <laughs> just Common, Aquatic, Aureal, Celestial, Dragon, Elvish, Goblin, Infernal, Pyori. Yeah, you notice immediately that the librarian is speaking in Dragon. Hmm. And he thanks you for ridding him of the accursed Nightmare Golem, which has made his endless time in this library an absolute undead hell. In return for your service, he is at your service to help... Ooh you utilize the library in any way he can. Uh, does he know anything about shards? Sword shards? Or true death? Or true death? Oh, there is a poem here somewhere. The rhyme oh, of the did find that. Oh, um, well, beyond that, no. I did read this rhyme of the shards. It's a curious thing, is it not? Based on your knowledge of this area, do you know what any of those lines mean? A prison without a door, for example? No, that's quite confusing. I have heard rumors of a dragon in the lower depths of this crypt. Would you happen to have a map or an idea of how many levels are in this crypt or this lunch lady doomed death dealing disparate place of hell? Chilichia? Yes, a doomed name. Where only she a lunch lady? She is a foul devil lich. I do not leave this room. I am cursed to stay in this library for all eternity. Although I should be thankful that she resurrected me. Now I can spend eternity with my books. Are all of these your books? No, most are Chilichias. And she has no map of her own? She has left me with no map. I believe there are three levels. Do you know how to get down to another level anyway? I am afraid not. Perhaps there is something in the library that can help. Oh, can you help us find it? No, alas, no. Oh, fucking useless librarian. What is that black book? The black book is the vacuous grimoire. You don't want to read that. <laughs> a most curious tome. A very powerful, magical book. Does Chilichia read it? Chilichia has read everything in this library over and over again, but I have not seen her in so long. There is a thing. There is a curious, curious thing. 
And he goes over to the table and he reaches under the table and takes out a grey wooden tube. And he opens it and inside it is another cylinder-like tube engraved with sets of letters on metal rings. This is the most curious thing, he says. And he hands it to you. Perhaps this would be of benefit to you. I do not know what this thing does. I guess Jinx is going to look at it and see if he can understand the letters or try and find uh, an alphabet that might be congruent with this. I'd say you should all just take a week and look it over. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I I pull out my Enigma machine. And the librarian says, Meanwhile, I assure you, now that that beast is slain, my library is quite safe. You look exhausted and wounded. You are free to rest here a while. And ten years Wait, we can it. turn the ring so it spells true death. T-R-U-E-D-E-A-T-H-A-T-H-A-T-H-A-T-H-A-T-H-A-T-H-A-T-H-A-T-H-A-T-H-A-T-H-A-T-H-A-T-H-A-T-H-A-T-H-A-T-